0: How many of you are still reminiscing of last month's series, amen? You know, when God speaks to us as a community, He He doesn't speak to us so that we just think about what He has spoken when it is spoken. And that's the great thing about sermon cards and taking notes is that, you know, God is the best teacher and a good teacher prepares the students, the disciples beforehand for the test. So when God speaks to us as a community, he is seeking to arm us and prepare us in the days ahead of what we'll face. Amen. And so that is why I'm so grateful for the sermon wall. How many you appreciate the sermon wall out there? When, you, when you're coming in to hear God speak today, you're walking past what God has spoken yesterday And uh, when you put what God has spoken yesterday and you couple it with what God is speaking today, I assure you, you've got a bright future. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today we are starting a brand new series, and uh, this month of December, and we are just delighted to have you here. I'm so joyed with what God is doing in the midst of our community, and I am thankful for each and every one of you. And I am expecting for God to speak clearly and for God to speak concisely to our hearts and to our minds today. Will you agree with me for that? Well, as we kick off this new series titled The Original Christmas Playlist, I want to preach a message to you today titled Zacharias's Song, From Foundation to Future, From Foundation to future, I want to read from Luke 1 and 60, 67 where we find Zacharias' song. And when we talk about the original Christmas playlist, we are looking at four songs that find themselves in the scriptures surrounding the birth and the coming of Jesus Christ. Who is not one day going to be king, but is already king. He's not one day going to be the hope of the nations. He already is the hope of the nations. And in Luke 1, in verse 67, you can follow along with me. It says, now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit, talking about the father of John the Baptist, and prophesied, saying, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he has spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets. Who have been since the world began. Notice that. That we should be saved from our enemies. From the hand of all who hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham. "...to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve Him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of His salvation to His people by the remission of their sins." Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. To give light to those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the, the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit, and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Zacharias's song, let me pray. Father, we thank you. From foundation to future, you are unchanging. We thank you for what you have purposed and what you have accomplished that has come forth from your love and from your goodwill towards us, your creation. We thank you for this moment in history and in time. We thank you that today is the day of salvation. We ask you that through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ's name that you would visit us this morning. Visit hearts. Visit our hurts. Visit the dreams and the plans that you have for us. Visit us in the place where you have promised things for us. We welcome you. We acknowledge our need of you, Holy Spirit. Make much of Jesus. Magnify Jesus. May we sense your nearness and your care, your adoration and celebration of each of us as your creation. We thank you for this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You know, songs are important because words are important. And songs are simply words put to music. In fact, many of you can right here on the spot, if you heard a tune, a tune from your childhood, a tune from your teenage years, you would be Able to begin to sing along with the song. Songs are words put to music, but songs make the words sticky. They make them memorable. This is why some of you, when you try to tell Pastor Craig or myself, well, I just can't memorize scripture, Pastor, we say, oh, sure you can. You've memorized hundreds of songs that you can, at the Sound of the lyrics and the sound of the beat, recall them. How much more through the Holy Spirit can God help you remember his scripture, his promises, his purpose for your life? But songs are important because words are important. In fact, words are so important at the story that we're looking at. Zacharias and his family that surrounds the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ The angel informs Zacharias, You will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. The angel, representing God's voice on the earth, says, Zacharias, I need you silent. I need you silent this Christmas so that you don't play the wrong Christmas playlist. Zacharias, I need you silent because words are important. And I don't want the song coming out of your life to not be in alignment, to not be in tune with the original Christmas playlist. You know, I don't know about you, but I I do know for me that each year when I hear a Christmas playlist... I've been hearing it in my house. My wife has been using my iPad for her Christmas playlist. And unfortunately, when I come into the kitchen, I find my iPad and normally close her Christmas playlist. But that's a whole nother sermon for a relationship series. But even when I hear a Christmas playlist... Even down to the original Christmas playlist in Scripture we'll look at this month. I sense a stillness. I sense a stillness of wonder. A stillness of amazement. A silence of adoration. A purity in perceiving the peacefulness of the moment being sung about. Now, that's not always been the case in my life. I find myself and have found myself often like Zacharias of having missed the peace of God that God's presence brings. A peace that surpasses all understanding. See, when the angel that sent from God comes to Zacharias, Zacharias's understanding was surely surpassed. As the angel Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, informs John in the temple that he and his wife's prayers have been answered and that she will bear a son. And the son is to be named John. See, Zacharias' understanding, being surpassed, did not lead to a holy stillness of reverence, but it led to a hostile speculation of how he could know this for certain. I don't want us this Christmas and the mystery of godliness of God taking on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. A mystery of godliness that surpasses our understanding. I don't want that mystery of godliness to cause us to have hostile speculation of how can this be but it would lead to a stillness of amazement, a stillness of the purity and perceiving the peacefulness of the moment when God visited us through Jesus Christ. Notice what the angel said because Zacharias didn't do what the proverb said. He didn't trust in the Lord with all his heart in that moment, but he l- leaned upon his own understanding the angel said, you will be mute, not able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. About nine months later, Zacharias affirms the name of his son. The name of the son of him and Elizabeth is to be John. John. And when he affirms that the name of his and Elizabeth's son is to be John, he is filled with the Holy Spirit and begins prophesying praises unto God. It is here that we find this original Christmas song. And from this song, I want to highlight several things that makes up one of the songs found in the original Christmas playlist recorded in Dr. Luke's gospel account. The first thing I want to make mention of is that the prophecy of Zacharias contains two main sections. One regarding the Lord God, and then later regarding the child. The second thing I want us to notice up front today is that the first thing out of Zacharias' mouth after nine plus months of silence is blessed is the Lord God of Israel. See, John had been emptied in heart from being able to express his sentiments. John had been emptied from being able to express his opinions. God had caused John to be emptied of his perceptions, of his understandings, of his calculations, and where he had been emptied, the Holy Spirit has now filled. And now with the right spirit and heart, John is stirred to declare, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. After nine plus months of not being able to talk, he's not filled with bitterness. He's not filled with anger at God. He's not filled with anger at others because of the quietness. And out of the quietness has come fulfillment for John. Can I tell you that out of the quietness that you have before God and his greatness, his majesty can come fulfillment? That a long sought child has now come about. That out of the stillness has come satisfaction that God is blessed and just in all of his ways. Something out of the stillness that caused John not to get angry, not to even get angry at himself, but after nine months of stillness and silence, the first time he opens his mouth filled with the Spirit of God, he says, blessed be God, the God. Of Israel. See, John has come to the satisfaction that when angels come to you from the presence of God, it is for your good and not for evil. That is my desire for each of us this Christmas, is that we would be forced to be silent as long as it takes to ensure we don't play the wrong Christmas playlist. Whether it takes you a month two months, three months, four months, or nine months like John, it is my desire that every one of us would come to that place, that out of the silence and out of the stillness, as Pastor Craig quoted from the psalmist, would come an alignment with the original Christmas playlist, that out of our heart and out of our mouth, regardless of circumstances that we have been faced with, would play the song of blessed is the Lord God of Israel. That from the foundation of the earth to the future of my life, blessed be the God of Israel. A song that declares the following truth. That when the Lord comes, he comes to visit. He comes to perform and he comes to grant. When you look at Zacharias' song and you look at the first section of this song, as he talks about the Lord God, he highlights three things about the Lord God. He comes to visit, he comes to perform, and he comes to grant. Let's look at the first one. He comes to visit. Do you know that God is not a God that desires distance between him and his creation? Do you know that God wants us, he wants me, He wants you to experience His manifest presence. He wants you to encounter His revealed presence in your life, in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of your questions, in the midst of your valleys, in the midst of the mountaintop, in the midst of the world. He wants you to experience His revealed, tangible, manifested presence of Himself. Like this is what Christmas is about. That he visited us in the coming of the Christ child. And what's amazing is that he visited us in the best possible way to break down our defense mechanisms. Do you know you have defense mechanisms? I won't tell you that when you're up on the stage you can see sometimes those defense mechanisms. <laughs> But from my vantage point, it's often clear, and I know it is to years as you engage with people, that we all have defense mechanisms. But God so longs to visit with his creation. He says, I want to visit them in a way, in the best possible way, that we would let down our defense mechanisms. And he visits us in a babe. He visits us in a small baby. The best possible way to cause the most seemingly hard-hearted person to begin to melt, to begin to open up, to begin to think about a time when life was a little simpler and life was a little purer through the coming of a babe. This is Christmas, and I just want to say what I heard this week is that Jesus is safe to visit your family this Christmas. He's safe to visit your family. He is safe in your home. See, there are some people that are not safe in your home. In fact maybe you like me or have as one of your all-time favorite Christmas movies Christmas Vacation There are people that are not safe in your home like Cousin Eddie There are people that will seek to dump their sewage in your front yard There are people that are not safe People that because they're so broken and have not allowed the morning star and the day star from on high to visit areas of their life. They create more hurt, more pain, and more brokenness. Cousin Eddie created some chaos. But you know, I'm not sure if Clark would have been too safe as well to visit someone else's house. But listen to me. Jesus isn't looking to dump his sewage in front of your home. He's looking to remove the sewage from our home. Jesus, God coming in the flesh as a babe to cause our defense mechanisms to come down so that he could visit with us in our home. He could visit our marriage. He could visit our heart. He could visit our life. He could visit us from on high. See, God has visited his people to make right what has went wrong. Notice what Zacharias declared. He has visited and redeemed his people. Now notice what Zacharias' song didn't say. God did not visit and reproach his people. No, he visited and redeemed his people. God didn't visit And reject his people. No, he visited and redeemed his people. Do you know that God wants to visit you this Christmas in the person of Jesus Christ? And he's not coming to break things. He's not coming to reproach you. He's not coming to shame you. He is coming to redeem you. To redeem means to buy back. It means to restore what was lost. It means to make right what has went wrong. I don't know what's went wrong in your life. I don't know what's went wrong in your home. I don't know what's went wrong in your marriage if you're married. But I want to tell you that Jesus is safe to come to those areas. Because he he comes not to break them. He comes to fix them. He comes to redeem. He comes to make right what is wrong. Let me ask you in this moment. What areas of your life and family do you need to let God visit in the person of Jesus Christ to redeem and make right this year? What areas in your life, what areas in your home, what areas in your family do you need to let God visit in the person of Jesus Christ? See, in the Old Testament, God desired to visit His creation. But He visited them on a mountain when God came near on the mountain in Exodus 18, the mountain caught on fire. The earth and the mountain shook violently, and the people were afraid. Defense mechanisms went up like a cornered skunk that seeks to spray you. But God and the original Christmas and the original Christmas playlist makes clear through Zacharias that. God has come near to visit us in the babe of Christ. Not only has he visited us to make right what has went wrong, God has visited his people to raise up a real hero. You see it consistently on the earth today. That people are in search for a hero. You see how often we attach our hopes to a new rookie football quarterback in the NFL, to a new recruit for our favorite college team, to the music new superstar who's gonna surpass all of the previous music stars. And yet time and time and time again, we find that no human alone can be a lasting, a consistent, outstanding hero. But God has visited us through the babe Jesus Christ to give us a real hero. Notice what Zechariah said, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. A horn in Scripture speaks of a king and a kingdom. And God has visited us through this babe to raise up a king that is unchanging. A kingdom that is unshakable. One that is dependent. One that you can can never esteem him too greatly. He's safe for your family to, to put all your hope and all your trust upon this Christmas. He is safe for your marriage to rest completely upon. He is a hero that is sure and steadfast. His name is Jesus. God wants to visit with you this Christmas. He wants you to encounter His overwhelming presence. He wants you to encounter His peace that surpasses all understanding. His love that surpasses all knowledge. God wants to visit with you this Christmas. Will you let him? And the Lord God not only has come through Christ to visit, but number two, he has come to perform. Notice what Zachariah said, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham. Notice that he has come to perform. He has come to perform what he has promised. Notice what is highlighted by Zacharias. He didn't come to perform judgment, he didn't come to highlight your failures. I've been in a season of deep conviction, but pure conviction. And the pure conviction of the Holy Spirit doesn't lead to depression and worldly sorrow. It leads to a stillness and a silence that causes you to be undone realizing that God's not asking you to perform for Him. He's asking you to see what He's performed for you. And that out of your heart and mouth comes a blessed be God. That He alone is worthy that he alone shall be glorified that his name alone shall be the focus and shall be excellent upon the earth glory to this god who has visited us to perform to perform mercy they were called the sure mercies of david Because what God has promised, He is always faithful to perform. If God says, I will do it, then there's no devil, there's no circumstance, there's no mutterer that can stop it. God's arm is not too short to save. His ear is not too heavy to hear. Praise His holy name. And notice He says the oath to Abraham. What was this oath? The oath was that Abram, in your seed, all the nations shall be blessed. The seed, Paul tells us in Galatians 3, is Christ. See, God has visited us. He's visited His creation in the babe, Jesus, to perform what he has promised, that he would redeem humanity from the curses. He would redeem us from the reproach of sin. He would redeem us and bring us back from brokenness and provide right standing for you with your creator. That you would have peace with God and blessedness of forgiveness. Zachariah says that he has visited us to perform What he promised and declared from the foundation of the world. Can I tell you that though it may tarry, it shall still come to pass. That if God has promised you, if God has declared it to you, that though it tarries, wait for it because surely it shall come to pass. And notice what he says, to perform to save us from the enemy of our soul. I know the voice of the enemy might seem to be getting louder. I know the reproach of the enemy and the condemnation of the enemy might seem to be getting louder. But as we sang earlier, let the voice of truth begin to speak more clearly. Let the voice of truth begin to pierce where the enemy of your soul has spoken. Because the Lord God comes to perform. He comes to visit you to perform what he's promised you in Christ. The promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ. Let me tell you this morning that God remembers what He has promised you, but do you remember? God remembers what He's declared for you, but do you remember? Remember Paul tells Timothy, waged a good warfare with the prophecies concerning you. God remembers, but do we remember? Let me ask you this morning, will you let... Him visit you in Jesus this Christmas to perform His good promises for you? Will you let Him come near to areas in your home, areas of your heart, areas of your mind, areas of your soul to perform what He has promised for you in Christ? See, listen. What has God promised to perform for you that you instead are trying to perform for Him? I'll ask it again. What has God promised to perform for you that you instead are trying to perform for Him? Because we serve a God that we find out through the coming of Christ that performs what He promised. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God is still a God that performs what He's promised for His children. Can I hear an amen? See, God comes to visit not for us to perform for Him, But God comes to visit to perform what He's promised for us. This is hospitality reversed. You know, in Christmas time, we, well, I say we, but uh, my wife gets out the Christmas decorations. She decorates the homes, she does a wonderful, wonderful job doing such. But so often we do it so that the people we invite during the season and they come that we can perform hospitality making them feel welcome where we're at. But the Christmas story is hospitality reversed. That God doesn't want to visit you so that you can perform for Him. He wants to visit you and your home and your family so He can perform for you that you can encounter Him and fall on your knees and say, what great things the Lord has done. We seek to make our house hospitable to God, but God, however, is desiring to perform what is needed to make you hospitable to Him. He visits to perform the sure mercies of David. He visits to get out of you What needs to get out of you so that he can feel and put in you that which is of Christ that needs to get in you. So Zechariah says, Blessed be the God of Israel who desires to visit you. When he visits, he comes to perform for you what he's promised. But lastly, he highlights to grant. Notice in verse 74, he says, To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. Verse 75, in holiness and righteousness before him, watch this, all the days of our life. See, God not only performs what is needed to deal with our past, but he desires to grant us what is needed for our future. A future of serving him. God not only performs what he's promised to redeem us, to deal with sin, to deal with the things that keeps him from being able to visit and stay in us, but then while he's visiting with us, he also wants to grant us new favor, grant us new request, grant us any goods we need to fulfill his good purpose for our life. Oh, see the gospel wrecks our self-dependency the gospel wrecks our desire to boast in ourselves, because the gospel and christmas of jesus coming is that god visits us to perform for us what we've been trying to perform for him and god visits us in jesus to grant for us things that we don't even deserve I've heard this statement several times in my walk with the Lord and from the Father. And it's taken several times because life has happened to me like life has happened to you. That seems to contradict and resist this truth. But what I've heard often is this from the Father. Just let me love you. Let me grant you things that you don't deserve. Let me grant you things that you can never be made worthy for in your own ability. Let me do you good despite your past, despite your performance. Let me grant you all that you need for life and godliness. Let me grant you all you need to serve me all the days of your life. Notice what he highlights. Might serve him. Let God grant you. Let God give you grace to really be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. Let God grant you His grace and ability that you would be able to truly obey Him. Let God grant you. Notice he says a boldness without fear. A boldness to serve God. A passion to serve God. Let God grant that for you. Notice what else he says. In holiness and righteousness. See, God wants to grant you righteousness and holiness. He wants to grant you deliverance from the hand Of of your enemy. He wants to grant you his hand of favor upon you instead of the hand of your enemy upon you. The word grant means to give something. It means to give someone something to his advantage. It means to bestow a gift. It means to supply, furnish the necessary things. It means to commit or watch this, to appoint to an office. Why don't you let God grant you favor that would cause you to be commissioned in a kingdom assignment? Why don't you let God grant you favor and give you things and supply you with what you need to serve Him without fear and in true righteousness and holiness? Let God grant you today. See, God wants to grant us goods to serve Him. So God visits not only to perform what is needed regarding our past, but He visits to also grant what we need for our future. So from foundation to future, God wants to visit you. And He wants to visit you to perform for you what is needed and to grant for you what He has and what He desires for you. Now, we come to this point in Zacharias' song where we have a major transition. And the transition happens only after John proclaims the foundation that then John speaks regarding the future. See, listen to me. Paul says there's no other foundation that can be laid other than Jesus Christ. It's only when you understand that God has visited us in the person of Jesus Christ and he visited us not to condemn us. We were condemned already but he visited us because he loved us. He wanted to perform for us what we could never perform for him. He wanted to grant us his grace and his provisions that we didn't deserve. It's only when we get the foundation of the gospel that absolutely slays our pride and slays us ever trying to want to prove anything to God and to others that then and only then do we have a right foundation regarding our future God's not wanting you to try to perform for him this Christmas he's wanting you to let him visit you and perform for you what you don't deserve this is the gospel this is the scandalous message that we find offense to because we still think Christianity is about us trying to serve God in our ability. No, it's about letting God perform and grant you what needs to happen so that you can serve Him. And it's when we get a clear picture on why God visits us, that He visits us to do us good and not harm, then and only then can we get a clear picture on what He has for our future and our children's future. And just as John then transitions regarding the future of his child, John the Baptist, after having the foundation right, notice what he says, and you, child, are to give, to give, and to guide. Child, you are to give. You're to give and to guide. Baby John, you are a prophetic child. A prophetic child. Notice the first thing that he highlights regarding a new child. He says to give knowledge. In verse 77 it says to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God with which the day springing from on high has visited us. John is sent to give knowledge of salvation. To give knowledge of the dayspring that's visited us from on high in Jesus Christ. To give knowledge of the tender mercy of God that is drawn near through Christ. To forgive and remember our sins no more. But see, John is not the only prophetic child. John is not the only child to give the knowledge of Jesus. All children are to be such prophetic children of purpose. Did you know that true prophecy is the testimony of Jesus? Jesus said to his disciples, Permit the little children to come to me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Parents, did you know that children are given to you for the knowledge of salvation? Say, what does that mean? Children are granted to you for the knowledge of your need of salvation. I've been living this. It's where the conviction of God's Spirit is in my life right now. Not to condemn, but to reveal the gospel to me. Of what Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly Father... Give the Holy Spirit to you who ask. That scripture always sort of wrestled with me because Jesus called me evil. But did you know that children are given to me to reveal my need of salvation? Because I find in my parenting that I still have evil tendencies. Tendencies of selfishness. Tendencies of putting myself before my own children. Tendencies to get upset, not because they really did something so wrong, but because they inconvenienced me. And God in His mercy has given me children to remind me daily that I'm in need of His pure grace in Jesus Christ. That if it wasn't for the cross and the coming of the baby child, I'm in hopeless addict to sin I'm a hopeless addict to self but in my dealings with my children I constantly get a light of my need of Jesus of my need and awareness of how good our perfect heavenly father is and you know what else Children, and my children give me, they give me the knowledge of God's tender mercy towards me. That though I fail time and time again, that though I'm not perfect, though I've not reached the end goal of maturing in Christ, He still grants me favor. He still does me good. His mercy is still new every morning. He still draws near to visit me and to perform His healing, redemptive promises in areas of my character that need to be healed and made whole. He visits us to perform and to grant. Listen, if you have children, they are also sent to give to others the knowledge of salvation. Train them in this purpose. Admonish them in this purpose. That God has given them to the world to give knowledge that salvation has come through the babe. What a great opportunity we have this Christmas to give knowledge that salvation has come in Jesus Christ. And you here today and you watching my live stream might no longer be a child. But do you realize that you have been given on the earth to give the knowledge of his salvation to others? That's why you're still here. That's why I'm still here. To give the knowledge that the day spring from on high has visited us. To give the knowledge that sins can be forgiven, shame can be removed, guilt can be cleansed, that God's mercies are sure and steadfast, and that His goodwill is towards us. So He says to give knowledge, but secondly, He says, and you, child, to give light. Verse 79 says, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to give light. See, God gives to us so that we can be given as seed of the kingdom to the world. God gives to us so that we can be given to the world. God gives us to the world to be light to them. This is why Paul in Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God, Without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. That I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Notice this. Our light shines as we hold fast to the word of life and the word of light. We are given to the world in Christ to give light where there is darkness, to give truth and love where there is deception, to give clarity where there is cloudiness, to give guidance where there is confusion, to give encouragement to people to come out of the shadow of death that is upon them. The psalmist said in Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of your words gives light. We don't just give the knowledge of salvation, but we're to give light, meaning we're to walk with people and help them allow the truth of God to enter their life, to enter their felt needs, their places of tension and trials. In Matthew 5.15, Jesus speaking to his community of followers says, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Notice you've been given as light to a house. You have a sphere of influence. You have a place of purpose. You have been given to that sphere and to that place to give light. And it's not just John the Baptist who's to give light. We are all, as we sang, sons and daughters of God who have been born again confessors that Jesus is Lord, we have all been given to give others light. And this prophecy that Zacharias sings about regarding his own son is also a prophecy for all of our potential future that God wants to give us to the world as light, to a broken and dark world that we would shine forth in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. So we are given to give knowledge. We are given to give light. And lastly, number three, to guide. Notice what Zachariah's song says. And you, child, are to guide. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Listen, we are not just people who speak with words, but we are people who show with our feet. See, that's why when when things like yesterday take place, this is why I do this kind of stuff. I get excited. You like that? He liked that. He wants to see it again. (laughs) Because we're a people that are given by God through Christ, not just to give knowledge, not just to give light, but to guide with our feet. We're a people who show with our feet the way of peace. Can I just go ahead and say that following Jesus... Is so much better. That it's brought a way of peace to my marriage. It's brought a way of peace to my heart. It's brought a way of peace to my finances. It's brought a way of peace to every area of my life that I have trusted God that the babe Jesus is safe to dwell there. Oh, it's a way of peace. See, listen, to guide is to go before. It's just the band coming up. Don't worry. If it's anybody else, i take them out. In the name of the Lord. Listen. To guide our feet into the way of peace. To guide is to go before. This is what we are. Do you understand that we have been given by God to the world to be leaders of a dark and broken world? That we are to go before them. This is what the Lord of the kingdom did. Jesus was called our forerunner. But now Christ in you will cause you to be a forerunner to others. That you can go before them in the way of peace. This is what Hebrews said that kingdom leadership is in Hebrews thirteen seven. He says, remember those who lead over you, who spoke the word of God to you. Watch this. Whose faith follow? We don't just speak the word. We also walk the word. And he says, whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. You are given as a prophetic child of the seed of Abraham. To the world. To show them that Jesus is better. That he does all things well. To guide them into the way of peace. Because you've allowed Jesus, the forerunner, to guide you into the way of peace. And you can turn around and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Do you know there's a way of peace for this dark world? His name is Jesus. Jesus brings peace to marriages, to homes, to our stewardship, to parenting, to our careers, to our path, to our pursuits, to our priorities. Zacharias in his song is saying, listen, from the foundation of the world, God desired to visit, to perform and to grant for his creation. But in the coming of this babe, the Christ child, What he desired from the foundation of the world, he has now visited through the person of Christ and performed his sure mercies. He is granting us what we do not deserve. But listen, he now wants to visit you from the foundation of your life. He desired to visit you, to perform for you, and to grant you. But listen, what he performs for you and what he grants to you is to empower you for a future, to give light to give knowledge and to guide others he wants to do so much good to you but the good that you allow him to do to you will empower you to be able to do good for others that's why Jesus said we summarize it all in the old covenant to love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and to love others now as Christ has loved us will you let him love you this morning Will you let him love you this Christmas? Will you allow him to, to, to love your family, to love your home? Will you allow him to come near and visit with you? That you don't have to hide in darkness. You don't have to perform for God. You don't have to grant things for your own thing, your own ability. Let God love you. Let him perform for you what he's promised. Let him grant you the goods you need for the future. That you can give knowledge, you can give light, you can guide others in the way of peace. Did you know that from the foundation of your walk with Christ to your future in Him, God desires to visit you along the journey, to perform for you what He's promised for you, to grant you things that you don't even deserve? That is what this Christmas, let's allow Him to do. If you're here this morning, you say, God, I want you to visit me in the person of Jesus. I want to let the babe of Christ and the stillness of your majesty of you coming near through Christ cause me to be silent until my heart and my life gets aligned with the songs of Christmas. It says, blessed be God. Not blessed be Chad. Not my name. Not look at what I've done, what I've performed, what I can grant, but what God has performed for us in Christ Jesus and the goods that God can grant. If that's you, if you want your song, To be a song of blessed be God, let's stand to our feet. Let's begin to demonstrate it as we sing this chorus, as we sing this song. Let faith arise. Again, thanks so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. God bless you.